hello, and welcome to A Fistful of Truth. I am your host, Delara Essengill, and this is my podcast. You can find A Fistful of Truth on Spotify, Anchor.fm, and many more platforms all listed on the Anchor.fm portal. You can also find me on my blog, DelaraEssengill.blog, where you can kindly search for different topics and enter your email address all the way down on the right side. Folks, I say it every podcast. I know the ones that have entered your email address probably get tired of hearing me say this, but it's so important due to the very real censorship and inability to get information. What happens when we get another, another, uh, well, there's not going to be another January 6th, but what happens when we get censored again? What happens if the lights go out? What happens if you can't tune into, uh, most things on the internet? Well, this is all archived. And, uh, by entering your email address, I will be able to stay in touch with you. And trust me, I will go to work and I'll be able to email people. Uh, hopefully not everything will go down, but I'll be able to give you updates as we did when the January 6th debacle of big tech take takedown happened. Anons and I took to the blog because that was the only place I could post stuff. So the format of the blog always changes. You know, before I was writing and researching articles after January 6th, it was like a daily personal Twitter feed since they wouldn't let me on social media. And now what it's turned into is basically um, more research, you know, articles that are relevant to what's going on and accompaniment to podcasts that happen here on A Fistful of Truth, like today's that we're going to talk about. So when you uh, tune into the podcast, be sure to check for the related article. Sometimes I forget to post. It'll say related article in the podcast description and uh, you'll find a link to it. But to be safe, you can find all of this information in one convenient location at a fistful of truth.com where you can find the latest podcast blog post and more all on one uh, convenient site. So that'll tell you if there's info that was talked about in podcasts like today's, which is very interesting. And you'll be able to find an article. It may not post the same day as the podcast because I only have two hands and I'm one person here blogging and podcasting daily. Those of you who ask to donate still no donations are accepted for this, uh, podcast. The blog has always been donation and uh, ad free, however, um, or sponsor free, I should say. However, at this time, uh, the way to donate is to share the information. I say it in every podcast because it's so important. It's not going to go anywhere if you guys don't copy and share the information in groups, chat rooms, telegram channels that are appropriate for this content, maybe on truth social. (laughs) Be careful. You don't want to get sensitive tagged or tag it sensitive yourself. Don't put it on Twitter. Your account will go away as soon as they see my name. You don't want to do that. And uh, Facebook or Facebook, I don't know. It's been a long time. Facebook and I broke up a long time ago. So wherever you can, share the information. If you got to send it to somebody, do it. Because if you wake one, save one, I say. Today, today's normally you heard it here first. And, you know, I've been hearing a lot of things first from this amazing patriot. She's really something else. I've known her for some time. We used to go back and forth uh, back in the Twitter days, and then we've connected since then, uh, since before the purge, and gotten to know her better as you guys all get to know her here. Wealth of information. Montana Sky is here with us tonight to talk about some very interesting stuff. I didn't know about this. Uh, I had some ideas about the background of what we're going to talk about, but no idea. I had been to the Met in New York. We're going to talk about the Met We're going to talk about museums here on You Heard It Here First on A Fistful of Truth. And Montana Sky is back to discuss with us and tell us about things. You know, last week we talked about what about those diamonds. Got a lot of feedback from 
a lot of uh, listeners out there. And yeah, you know, it's like you think you know, and then you don't. And you find out even more dark things and you go further down the rabbit hole. So let's talk about uh, museums and what's going on at these museums. And there might be one near you. So I urge you to tune in here and check out what Montana Sky has to say. Well, welcome back, Montana Sky, one of my favorite people I've met through this movement. Um, glad to have you here on A Fistful of Truth again. Hi, Delara. How are you doing? I'm well. We have a heat wave here in the Northeast, but other than that, I'm doing really well. How are you today? Us and the rest of the world. I'm doing well. It seems like I wake up to a shit show every day. There's always something to deal with, even though I think I'm going to have a day off. But um, I'm very excited to talk with you. It's become one of my favorite days of the week. Oh, mine too. Well, great. And we always have such interesting things to, uh, for the audience who doesn't hear what happens before we get on this uh, podcast, (laughs) I could just be here with you all day looking at this stuff. Um, Today's topic is something that um, you brought to my attention, which I had no clue so let's let's just start and talk about it. Actually, before we do that, can we do a little bit of follow up? Because I, I actually yeah. followed up a little bit on the V8. Um, and it's interesting because I mentioned it to a number of people. I've shared the podcast, like everyone, I'm sure. I've shared the podcast because people want to know what's going on. And I got a lot of, no, you're kidding me here. So I got a lot of that. And then people actually looked at the bus ads, listened to the ads on the radio and and followed up and they were shocked. But I actually called CSL Plasma to uh, learn a little bit more. And I I wanted to share because I think that the audience will be interested. I learned that to donate VA you just needed to be 18 and weigh 110 pounds. A lot of this is very similar to Red Cross. And you can't be on the National Donor Deferral Registry. And of course they scan for eligibility and you have to bring in three forms of ID, yada, yada, and go through a screening exam. And interestingly enough, you can donate twice a week. So that's two times $400 a week. In fact, you can donate, I guess, eight times a month. Let's see, eight times four, that's $3,200 a month. I thought that was interesting. It's up to a thousand bucks a pop here in California and it's the same amount. Oh my gosh. I also learned that there were 11 competitors to this company. Oh my God. (laughs) So there are 300 of these locations, and then there's 11 more competitors. So that's BioLife, BPL, Interstate Blood Bank, Griefels, et cetera, et cetera. So audience, it's in your neighborhood, or it's within 10 or 20 miles of where you are. And This is not just a problem in New York and California, it's everywhere. So I wanted just to share that. I thought that might be of interest to the listeners. Well, thank you, Montana. You know, I had an idea while we're just chatting away here. Because of the topic of V8, 
I think it might be a great idea because I want to expand on this more. Like it's so huge and there's so much more to it as both you and I know. And I think it would be of, of great interest to those out there listening to find out what it is that really underlies all of this. It might be a good idea. And I'm just having this thought while we're talking for you and I, because I want to write an article about this, because when you put something in writing, people can easily reference it instead of trying to scroll through to minute marks. And I know audio is easy to listen to, but information gets lost uh, easier. I believe it's just going to something and seeing it in writing. What if I wrote an article um, and you could help me with the information that you've gathered, and then we did do a mini podcast that's not here on Spotify or Anchor, but just located on the blog. What do you think about that? Sounds good. Let's do that. I'm actually, let I wrote know. it down. Let's do that. Let me know how I can help. Um, anyway, uh, we did speak about diamonds last time, which was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Got a lot of feedback from people saying, I, oh my God, it was an OMG reaction. Uh, I got a lot of feedback. They really enjoyed they enjoy listening to you, as do I, um, but also they enjoy the knowledge that you bring and the insights that you have because they're genuine and real. They're not just uh, speculation or research, which, you know, is good also, but you have a lot of actual real life experience and, you know, you've been seeing things and documenting things in your mind your whole life, as have I, but a lot of people were just shocked as we expected. They were just like, I can't believe I thought I thought I thought I knew not everything but the depth of the <laughs> the darkness and now there's this is what I got a lot. Well, I hate being the bearer of bad news, but we are we are doing uh this is a truth show and yep. we are doing disclosure. But I thought maybe we would do it take a uh, take a turn here and do something a little different today. Maybe talk about some cultural things for change, if that's okay with you, because I'm a big fan of the museums and I'm sure many, many other people are. Oh, I'm a huge, huge art fan. And um, my, uh, my significant other is an amazing artist and I dabble a little bit, but I've always been a fan of the arts and uh, fine art and contemporary art. But what you showed me today as we started this podcast, oh my God. Here we go again. Here we go again. It never ends. It never ends. Okay, let's go. Okay. Well, anyway, I um I think I mentioned that I used to live on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. I lived very close to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which is fabulous and definitely a must do for anybody coming to Manhattan. And I think that if anybody's traveled to New York City, I would say most people have visited the Met, which is one of the largest um, museums in the world, just like the Louvre. And it's it's phenomenal. And I used to go there a lot when I was a single mom because it was a great way to entertain my kids. And I had a, a museum membership. And I learned a lot about the museum. It is uh, spans a very large area. It sits right next to Central Park, which is a huge park in the middle of Manhattan. And it sits right near the reservoir, 
in Central Park, which I used to run around. It's about a mile and a half around this reservoir, which is actually not even used for drinking purposes. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, I thought we could talk about the museum. The museum spans um, six blocks and goes into the park. It is a fabulous structure. It is nine levels. There are three levels open to the public. All right, three and a half, there's a, an administrative level. And there are six levels below ground, one of which is the armory. So that's all the, um, you know, the armor, the knights, all that good stuff. One entire level is the costume collection that's in storage. And the other levels are for storage or HVAC or maybe we'll speak about Manhattan at a later date. I think there's an entrance there underneath Fifth Avenue, but we'll talk about that at another time if you like. And of course, it's a great art museum. And one of the most interesting things in the museum is their Egyptian collection. They have one of the biggest collections in the world, including an entire Egyptian temple called the Temple of Dendur. And it was brought over to the museum in 1967. Oh, boy. <clears throat> and the person who oversaw it was Jacqueline Kennedy, actually. And it was the entire temple was removed because of the rising waters of the Nile. It was literally a gift of Egypt to the United States. So if you're listening to this podcast, you might want to pause it for just a second and pull up a picture of the Met Museum and the Temple of Dendur, D-E-N-D-U-R. Uh, they built an entire wing of the museum to house this. And it's, it's really fascinating as you walk through. And of course, the, the visitor is saying, gosh, what, what, what is it doing here? And then if you plug into the red carpet events in Manhattan, you know about the Met Gala and a lot of special parties and events that they have at the Met that of course are closed to the public, but the rich and the famous go. They have, I would say eight or 10 events at the Met, red carpet events. And I think there was a recent one where they have Ilona Musk with his, um, mother, father, whatever that figure is. And you realize that there are a lot of events that are for the elite at the museum. And when you learn a little bit more about the Temple of Dendor, you learn that it was uh, dedicated to Osiris and Horus. And if you think hard about this, I'm sorry, Isis and, Isis and Osiris, and you realize that they are probably doing sacrifices at this particular temple. Why else would this temple be built with an entirely new wing in the center of Manhattan, overlooking the reservoir and Central Park? Oh my God, I'm just looking at something while you're talking. Mm -hmm. They're eating there. I'm not sure what they're eating, but chances are it's not vegetables. <laughs> no. They're probably doing spirit cooking there. Sorry. But anyway, 
interrupt you, but I just, I'm, I'm bored and shocked at this. And I'm, I'm sure the listeners, once they look this up and start to get the visual of what you're saying, it is mind blowing. Mm, Well, um, yeah. So, so this is kind of interesting. And so of course the, the listener is asking, well, come on, that's ridiculous. And then you look at the museum mile itself. So within one mile of this particular museum, you have the Guggenheim, which is across the street at 89th and 5th. You have the Cooper Hewitt National Design Museum, which is the former home of Arthur Carnegie, uh, uh, the Carnegies, uh, which is at 91st and 5th. You have the Modern, which is at 53rd between 5th and 6th, and the Frick Museum, uh, not Frick, but the Frick Museum at 70th and 5th. So there you have it. So obviously there must be some sort of transit way underneath Fifth Avenue because there is no subway on Fifth Avenue. Uh, Fifth Avenue is buses only, but this is where you get the underground transportation through the Upper East Side that all of these buildings, probably including 666 Fifth Avenue that all connect together. We'll talk about transportation in Manhattan and New York State another time, but I'm just providing this for the audience because this isn't a conspiracy. It all connects, literally. Wow. And you know what's funny? Because I know that this isn't the only place in North America that has an amazing collection of Egyptian art and artifacts. Um, we took a minute before the show to see where else this was and take a look. Hello, if you're in Michigan, you might know about the Kelsey Museum in the, in the Ann Arbor area, which is on the campus of the University of Michigan's largest location. And they also have an, a huge Satan's Cube there. Have you ever seen a picture of that? It's amazing. No, I haven't. The Black Cube? Oh my gosh, when my kids were going to college and all their kids were going to college and looking at universities, mm-hmm. I remember so many families taking pictures of their kid uh, next the cube. to the black cube uh, on the campus of UMish. People just don't know. They just don't know. And that what they're doing is they're feeding you know, the energy into exactly why these things are there. Um, well, partially why these things are there. I'm looking up this black cube thing uh, while you're talking and I urge the listeners to do what I'm doing right now as Montana. Oh my God. (laughs) They have one of these in downtown San Francisco too. (laughs) They're everywhere, but wow. Or they had one at least while I was living there. Um, This is just, it's mind blowing. It's just right there and it's in our face. And who would have thought, you know, like, thank you for pointing this out. Um, I'm looking at the black cube at the University of Michigan. And also yep. the, um, the building structure. I'm actually saving some of these photos. I, I wish I could just write an article with every single podcast, but it becomes nearly impossible to eat and sleep around the schedule of literally just working um, around the clock for free which is, you know, what we need to do to free ourselves. But I am going to write an article about this because these photos are just too good to be true. And they are. This is just insane. 
Actually, let's let's ask the audience if there's a black cube or a big Egyptian collection near you, and it might be in a university. Drop to Laura a note, comment on the podcast, because this is everywhere. If you think this is just happening in one or two cities, you are wrong. It's everywhere. Uh, the only way to reach me and comment is on the blog at delaraessengill.blog. Due to all the censorship that has happened, I rarely check Truth Social because that's a whole other, a whole other Oprah. <laughs> there used to be a, a, a musician I worked with, and he always said, that's a whole other Oprah. And I didn't realize what he meant because this was years ago. But then I realized what he's talking about. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so you can leave a comment on the blog about this if you do see a black cube or, or anything, you know, that has to do with these podcasts where we're talking, uh, Montana Sky and I, these are in everybody's neighborhood. If we look around, what were we talking about before? These, these museums, um, you look this up, how many of them have these Egyptian relics? I mean, how many of them really are actually doing things that people are not aware of? Um, I'm looking here online and I see that there's another massive cube in Miami. I don't know where, but maybe there's a listener who wants to research that and get back to you. Maybe it's at Ron DeSantis's house. Just kidding. Maybe. Not or really. you know, there's an amazing uh, installation down there. I was at the Museum of Vizcaya, which is an estate in Miami. Mm -hmm. If there's somewhere down there, but you know, we can research that and talk about that another time but certainly as we've said so many times they need to show us and they also need our participation yes. and I think that's what this is for uh, before the show we were together looking at pictures from Detroit and there are pictures of bones right near the, the museum uh, uh, right near I'm sorry the actual um, black cube so my point is is that is that they're showing you what's happening. You can't not get it. Once you put the dots together, you can't not understand what's happening. And this is a way to wake up those around you. Because I think at this point, that's probably the most critical thing. We are, we are awake, but our friends, neighbors, family, kids, they're just refusing to wake up. It's too much work. And it's not pretty. It's disturbing. It is, but you know, like we, like Jesus said, the only way is through the, is to is through the truth. I mean, yeah, it hurts for a minute. You should see this. I'm sorry. There's a. I can't stop looking at this. Um, there is a Discovery Museum in Orange County, by the way, for children, oh. and it's got a picture of a black cube at the entrance with a dinosaur that's half missing its center section. You can only see the bones and an eye right in front of it. You can't make this up. I'm gonna bookmark this and I'll put it up on the blog so people can see what we're talking about. And I'll also send it to you before this whole, uh, this whole thing gets aired. But um, I have something to, to maybe mention, you might be able to uh, expand on this. The met in new york which i've been to uh lucky enough to have been to uh you said it goes six levels underground correct yes 
Is there a significance to it being six levels underground? I don't know, six, 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 maybe. But yeah. I also know, um, it, as you may know, I, it may just be for connection purposes. For those who've visited Manhattan, you know that there are subways and there are some very deep subways, uh, which we'll talk about at a later time. But I imagine that the sixth level underneath connects to the chud that we were discussing, which lives in the rock uh, yes. of Manhattan. And there are also the trains on the Upper East Side, actually the East Side, are down about three or four levels. And I imagine that there is another uh, railway probably below that. And that is how things are transported around the city. So, so that would be sixth level. We, we should talk about, we should do an episode on Chud, um, not necessarily Chud itself, the movie, but we should talk about the subways because I have a lot of information that came to me uh, from a dear, two friends of mine, uh, one of them is now deceased. This happens to be the case, by the way, sadly. And then a person that I met through this movement who works for the New York uh, subway system. And both of these people, let's see, in the 90s was my friend who told me about this and now we're in the year 2020 something. So 30 years ago, <laughs> 30 years ago, I was given the same information that this random person, which isn't random, tells me about what they've seen underground in the <laughs> New York subway system. It is, I think it would be a very interesting podcast for people because to me, it's still not unbelievable, but just wow. And this is the more difficult topics for people uh, to understand. So I think it's important that we kind of lead up to it especially with what's going on with the CSL um, company we talked about, which will be maybe next week we do that. Maybe we should just do a, a podcast that's available on the blog next week for that topic, because I think that's going to be very important sooner than later, but also the um, subway systems that's related to all of this. This is all related and we just have to slowly build up to <laughs> what POTUS has been really trying to tell us all along you can't just come out and tell people all of this stuff. Crumbs are easier to swallow. You know, it's the alternate reality that took me. Honestly, it's taken me as much as I've been exposed to it early. When I first was told about these things in the 90s, I was like, no way. And the person who told me and showed me, I was married to. So imagine how much cognis goes on for people that aren't hearing this from somebody that they trust and love and believe in unconditionally, right? Right. To be honest, I, I haven't seen these creatures with my own eyes, but I have actually gone through the, mm, the dot connecting because, mm -hmm. for example, the reservoir in Manhattan, um, I ran around it. There's no algae on it. Somehow, when you have water that's not moving and stagnant, there's usually something that builds up on it like algae or creatures there's not that that reservoir is used for something or somebody is it treated uh i don't believe it is but it's so close to the museum i'm oh. thinking that that it's being it's being used as a water source to bring 
to bring product into the museum for consumption? Well, we've been, we know about the, we know about, okay, well, let's just bring it back a level to the listeners. We all know about the human trafficking. Everyone knows about it. Everyone right. on this planet understands and is able to accept and digest, even though we don't, it's a dark thing and it's not a good thing, but we, we know that it exists. We also know about sex trafficking. We also know about what the gangs and the dark forces and the criminalities of this world do with women and children. And here we go again, you know, SBU 101. Right, the shit is trafficked under Fifth Avenue. Let me tell you, from years of working in Manhattan, I also worked in the garment district. That's just where my offices were. I was not a garmento, but they actually move product from the workspaces where the stuff is sewn, where when it, you know, there are still some brands that sew in Manhattan. They actually move it at street level on these huge racks. They're not shy about it. It could be moved three or four blocks. You know, you see racks of suits or jackets or I don't know skirts being moved by by men through the streets from let's say you know I'm going to pick let's say 29th street to 31st street and they'll just move at street level and nobody looks at it but you can't do that with bodies you can't do that with people it has to move underground or out of sight. And it no, it's not moved at three o'clock in the morning either because people will notice. So the stuff is moved underground. It's that simple. And what exactly are they moving? They're moving people, they're moving bodies. It's certainly no accident that all these museums are located right next to each other. It can't be an accident. By the way, St. Thomas Cathedral is right near there as well. Uh, it's almost catty corner. It's right across from Rockefeller Plaza, right? Yes. And Fifth Avenue and the Metropolitan, I'm sorry, the Modern Museum at 53rd Street. This is no accident. It just can't be. It's not. Mm -mm. The stuff is moving up and down Fifth Avenue under, under the, uh, you know, probably two or three or four levels down. And who knows what kind of chud live down there as well. So that's, that's the story. For people who are keeping up with, uh, or just even learning about one of the simplest things to see is how all the celebrities or famous people in the organization that are part of it uh, have to put their hand over one eye or cover one eye, you know, indicating the uh, Satan worship is what it is. It's the Luciferian agenda. Uh, of the eye of Horus, which of course they have uh, all their different ritual sacrifices and what have you. But the Met, going back to the Met, where the uh, temple of Dender, right? Am I saying that right? Yep. Is located. When you said it's located there, I was thinking, wait, isn't that in Egypt? And you're like, no, no. And you know, it's funny. I went through the whole Met and I didn't see that because I was you know, it was just a day and we were, I was in and out of New York that day or that weekend. And when I, and it's, it happens to be surrounded by water. If, I mean, we'll post this, but they've created a, a water moat around this thing inside of the Met. They've recreated the, it, it's a sacrifice location. There's no, no question about it. 
And, you know, I want to, we talked about real quick uh, for people that aren't familiar with Napa Valley, which is uh, located in Northern California, where I'm originally from. And I was just recently up there to visit a friend of mine who has a business that I worked with before pre pre pandemic. And there's a lot of sacrificial uh, activity that went on in the wineries, not all of them, um, but a lot of them up in Napa Valley. And I used to be, uh, I used to work with one of the world's largest liquor companies that is now known as Diageo, but back in the day, it started off as Hublin wines and then became uh, Guinness UDV purchased them. And then liquor brands get tossed around like playing cards amongst these people. So they always get sought, bought and sold. But underneath the, you know, a lot of the, it's just interesting because there's two things I wanted to mention about the wineries up in Napa. And that's hence the fires that happened a few years ago and burnt everything to a crisp, kind of like what's going on at Yosemite right now. Another huge human sacrifice location, Yosemite, where women and children happen to be some of the uh, most missing people in Yosemite, go, go missing in Yosemite. And you know what the excuse has always been? Oh, there's a bunch of serial killers hiding in the woods. I, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I mean, like how many serial killers are hiding in the woods in Yosemite? So anyway, back to Napa, these wineries, Montana, they have uh, a lot of the same stone type structures that we're looking at at the university in uh, the Kelsey uh University in Michigan. These stone type structure looking homes are also, or buildings are also very significant. The way that they're built and their geometry, there's a lot of them in Los Angeles in the La Brea district. And that underneath them is where a lot of the human sacrifice, the synagogue of Satan. And this is coming from law enforcement officials that I know. Okay. So I'm not making this up. I didn't read about it in some kind of uh, pulp fiction type of novel. This is testimony from real human beings that worked in law enforcement that know, and some of them still do, about the downstairs levels of these, I want to, whether they're homes or buildings, they look just like all, all of them look like each other. And there's something to be said about the geometry. And this is replicated up in Napa quite often. So people see it and think, oh, it's just stone. They're trying to replicate Tuscany while well, we could go on, on and on about Italy. Um, but we won't. And these wineries often have, are you ready? Museums built into them. A lot of people don't know this. There's one called the Hess, and I'm not saying the Hess is part of it, but there's actually a great art gallery um, at the Hess winery. And um, some of the other ones have art galleries that are private. So you can't just, if you're just a public person going into a tasting room, you're probably not going to see it and they're below the ground in some cases. So what has been going on at these museums makes sense that they have these same similar setups uh, all over Napa. So I found that very interesting while we were talking. Uh, I'm reacting to you discussing, uh, high, we called it high blind. I'm originally from West Hartford, Connecticut mm -hmm. and high blind is headquartered or was headquartered in West Hartford. And uh, so I was just running that through my mind and thinking about Seagram's. Did you know that Seagram's is the major underwriter for the birthright program to Israel? Are you kidding me? 
No. Oh my God. Everybody asks, when are your kids going to Israel and they're doing birthright? And I say, never. Deep and they're like, but why? I said, do you know who funds it? Wow. And they're like, well, no. I said, well, I actually do. It's the Seagram's family. So in other words, the blood trade mm -hmm. and the skin trade is funding birthright to Israel. Well, isn't that something? So if my kids want to go to Israel, they can pay for it with their own. And go. Exactly. Right. We're not, we're not partaking. So if you don't believe me, go look it up. Something interesting. Funders. Mm -hmm. How far do you have any, I mean, we didn't talk about this before we got on here, but, um, So I also wanted to mention the, uh, there was a, there was a um, museum in San Francisco, uh, the Steinhardt Museum, which is still there. And I used to go to it quite often. It's part of Golden Gate Park when I lived there. And as a kid, my parents would take me there because, you know, what do you do? Take your kids to the museum and all the, show them all the different things going on. And they used to have this huge, when you walked in, reptilian exhibit it was like crocodiles it used to freak me out as a kid like I did not want to go see crocodiles all the time but in order to get into the museum they had all these um crocodiles and double-headed snakes and lizards I mean it was just like why are we walking through this huge reptilian exhibit to get through to see anything else and they've since changed it by the way so uh that Place, the Natural History Museum and so forth. I haven't been up there for a while, but I do believe that there's also the same type of ceremonies and things we're talking about as far as um, the Egyptian artwork that once used to be there as well. And also real quick, I wanted to touch on Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, both of us don't like it there. We, we, we were just talking about it. It got a very dark feeling to me and I hated having to go there for only uh, work purposes. There's lots of conventions that happen there. If you live in California, it's one of the top convention centers of the world. And I believe that's all de by design because thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people go there. And what is that? And POTUS talks about how we were energy independent and energy uh, loose, whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever, it, whatever you want to term it is what, uh, the dark forces are after, as we see, and we quote Ephesians 6.12 all the time. So you've got these structures in Las Vegas, like the Luxor, another Egyptian structure. Um, you've got Steve Wynn's uh, Venetian, which I'm permanently banned from. I've, I've been banned from a lot of places. <laughs> and I'm, I'm proud of it because they're not places I'd want to revisit. Um, which has the Guggenheim in it. I've actually worked with them before, uh, before all this. And a lot of these structures that we call casinos or buildings in Las Vegas have these museums that are built into them. And a lot of the same things that you just enlightened myself and the audience um, in regards to this incredible temple that they've excavated from Egypt, the Temple of Dender that we were discussing and I just learned about being at the Met in New York oh my goodness really this is some serious 
of dark activities that are going on at all of these places. So I mentioned these different locations, San Francisco, Las Vegas, we talked about Michigan, uh, that we, we talked about New York. And didn't we talk about the black cubes being all over and we asked the audience if you've seen these, um, you know, chime in, let us know what you see and what you're observing because this is a movement about all of us, not just Montana and I talking here. Um, this is everywhere. This is worldwide, isn't it? Totally. You know, as you're speaking, I, I've been to Las Vegas a number of times for business and I hate it. I, I'm the I'm the kid that ends up staying in the hotel room the whole time. I I'm just the same way, exactly the same way. Give me my room yeah. service or I'll buy my own food and leave me alone. Right, but I'm looking here and I can't help but wonder what private events they're holding at the Luxor. This just can't be an accident that they put a modern day Egyptian location in this city, which is basically uh, a draw for people and their energy and their and, and their louche. And I can't help but wonder what private events are held at the held at the Luxor, just like you know the Met in New York. I wonder if there's a black cube there, actually. Well, it looks like a cube and maybe it goes underneath the ground and uh, I'm sure it does. Absolutely. They have a quite a many levels underneath all of these buildings that connect, believe it or not, of course. And what is next to Las Vegas? Lake Mead and Area 51. It's so, all to get there, isn't it? Wow. You know what's interesting? Listeners, if you've never been to Las Vegas or... You, you haven't seen this, take a, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. The Luxor Pyramid Casino, which is black, shoots up a light out of the top into space every night. Do you think that's a coincidence? Do you think it's just for show? No. Let's look up what the light does. I'm looking here at Society X online, mm -hmm. the dark pyramids of America with a K, the Luxor Hotel and the black cubes of Satan. I'm gonna have to read up on that. Can I read something to the audience here and to our, out loud to ourselves? This is, this is really something else. You need to hear this. The Luxor light in Las Vegas at 42.3 billion Candela, the Luxor sky beam, it's called, is the strongest beam of light in the world using curved mirrors to collect the light from 39 xenon lamps. By the way, there's a lot of xenon on Mars lamps and focus them into one intense narrow beam. On a clear night, it is visible up to 275 miles, that's 443 kilometers for our European friends or non-American friends. On a clear night, it is visible up to 275 miles away by aircraft at cruising altitude, such as over Los Angeles. Can you believe this? 
um, I, I need to think about this for a little bit. This is there's obvious obvious connections here, but I think there's something less obvious. Well, because it, it can be seen from is, outer is space. It it to? Right, but by who? And is this connecting to galactics of whatever, you know, whichever side, or there's something else going on here? I think there I'm is not sure going on here. I invite other people to take a look at this as well. And uh, I almost want to check what parallel this is on. Is this on a 33rd degree parallel? I uh, bet you there's. You know, I'll research it. And what we'll, we can talk about it next time. Okay, let's there's something on this again, because this is, and then um, by the way, there's also, uh, uh, there's some mythology that goes along with this light beam, by the way. So that's something to also explore for next time. So there we go, a nice cliffhanger for everybody. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add today, Montana, to our discussion? I don't, we've been, we've been all over the state. And I think that's good because your listeners are all over the states and maybe somebody, maybe somebody can enlighten us uh, and they can do that, I guess, by dropping a note in the blog. Yep. You can drop a comment on any article in the blog. Uh, all comments don't come through just a heads up to everybody because there's literally hundreds of comments coming through every day. And thank you to everybody who does uh, um, comment and keep up on the blog. So sometimes things just get overlooked and they go through all sorts of filters because there's only so many hours in the day, but the way to make sure that I get it or, or just to at least make sure you have a better chance of getting through is if you enter your email address, and this is not a trick, you don't get any advertising, no solicitations, but it filters so that if you do get your email address entered into the blog and follow the blog, it's more likely that your comment is going to be shown and come through just an FYI. All right. Well, thank you, Montana. Thank you so much for this incredibly eye-opening, again, conversation that we're, we're having here. Um, I look forward to our topic, our topics that are coming up in the next few weeks. I know we'll be talking about the CSL plasma and also uh, the, what was it? The other thing we were talking Oh, the subway, the subways in New York. Yes. Thank you for having me. And the subways in New York, which connect to the entire Northeast. And I suspect that you have a similar setup in Chicago and in, of course, LA, but we know about LA because it's all under the Getty, isn't it? Yes, and also San Francisco where the, uh, the BART system runs underneath the Bay. That's interesting as well. Wow, interesting. So thank you again. I hope you have an excellent week, Delara. Thank you. And I hope you do too, as well as the listeners out there, you know, stay positive. And I know the information is not the best and happiest, you know, thing in the world to listen to, but it is enlightening in the sense that once you understand what's going on, you can accept it, incorporate it into your knowledge and database. And of course, do your own research. And again, do chime in with us and let us know if there's something that you found and we'll mention it on the upcoming uh, episodes. Thank you again, Montana. My pleasure. Mind-blowing information.
Things you thought you'd never notice, now you notice, now you're going to be looking for them, you can't unsee. What Montana Sky has described in this podcast is just absolutely mind-blowing and real. There's a museum or a place next to you where you can actually visit these structures or find things that we don't even know about yet. Let me know. You can let me know by leaving a comment here uh, on the blog, excuse me, not on the podcast, on the blog at delaraessengill.blog. I'm going to post an article because I have so many pictures and bookmarks from this conversation. It's endless. It's just days of looking at this stuff. You never get tired of it because you always notice something new and you're just like, wow, I mean, they just don't stop. I'm looking at the uh, Discovery, California Discovery Cube. It's literally called the Discovery Cube. They put Ninja Turtles on it to make it cute, but it's the black cube, folks, with a reptile, with missing its parts as you walk in under this cube and an eye is staring at you. Check this out at the Discovery Museum, another museum. Interactive exhibits, what do those do? I can keep going on and on. So please do kindly uh, copy and paste and share this podcast. Again, you can find it on six different public audio platforms. They're all listed at anchor.fm. You can find a article that's going to be coming up. So that'll feature the links to the audio at delaraessengill.blog. And you can find it at afistfulloftruth.com. And I will try to post it on Rumble as well. But do give me some time. You just imagine... It actually, my energy gets spent just talking about what I need to do here. And uh, God willing and God, God help me get through all of this and God help all of us get through all of this because none of us are free until all of us are free. This information may not be the easiest to digest, but the more it's exposed, their biggest fear is public awakening. So we do our best to awaken ourselves and to help others open their eyes and go from dark to light. Thank you for tuning in again to this episode of A Fistful of Truth. Please be sure to check out the products listed at the end of this podcast description and check out what they do. They're all things that actually help you. They help you. And I won't tell you what they are because you probably know what they are. And again, uh, make sure you tune in. Tomorrow will be uh, Saturday. We'll decide whether there's going to be a rant or something else going on because things seem to get announced last minute here. Uh, every day, everything changes. And uh, in the meantime, I know we're tired of holding the line, but being still and knowing that God is indeed in control is relieving for those who stand firm with our faith in Jesus Christ. God bless you, patriots. Where we go one, we go all. <laughs>